Welcome back to Dairy Public Radio. Reporting from the basement of the Dairy Civic Center, this is Sam Alexander with the news. The Dairy Board of Transportation has placed a bid to add our fair city to the route for next year's long walk. Spearheading this motion is local councilman Gary Haley, father of former station intern and walker Boren Haley. Not only will this be a boost to dairy tourism, the still-living Haley stated, but taking our child mortality rate into account, it could decrease the average long walk by 30%, saving time and taxpayer dollars when it comes to road closures for the event. I'm no mathematician, listeners, but I think those odds may be in our favor. You're listening to Dairy Public Radio. This is Dairy Public Radio. Welcome back to Dairy Public Radio, a bi-weekly Stephen King Book Club podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Joshua Kahn, alongside CM Alexander. Hello, everyone. And Benjamin Graham. What's up, constant readers? And today we are tackling the end of The Long Walk, part three for The Long Walk, and CM is leading the discussion. Thanks, Josh. We ended part two with Olson's painful and tragic death. Brutal death. The walkers have covered over 120 miles, and over half of the boys have died. Chapter 11 opens on Old Town at midnight, and the crowd that shows up to cheer the boys on, or as the boys have come to realize to watch them die, is pretty disappointed. No one dies in Old Town that night. What a bummer. (laughs) What a bummer. Right (laughs) off the bat. 120 miles. Yeah. I don't have the best grasp of, like, uh, just eyeballing measurements, but I'm pretty sure 120 miles is more than I've walked in my life. <laughs> like, all added up together. <laughs> That's insane to me. Yeah, that is crazy. I don't think I've ever walked that far either. <laughs> well, not according to my Fitbit, which is very shameful. All right. The boys get to see the major again, and they get a 400-gun salute, and the boys have a salute of their own planned. What did you guys think of theirs? <laughs> I giggled. I <laughs> First of all, that's the cruelest thing that they could do, is they have a, a salute from the troops of shooting a bunch of guns. That's <laughs> like welcoming people back from war with a, a 21 gun salute. Mm-hmm. And like, these kids have PTSD by now. Mm-hmm. But their salute, yeah, it's Pretty good and also pretty depressing. It w- it was uh, another moment that's like, they are children. Remember, they are mm-hmm. children. And like, I don't know, blowing raspberries, like, seems hilarious. Uh, well, yeah, farts are always funny. <laughs> but, yeah, so uh, for the listeners, word comes back through the grapevine that when this salute comes back, the, the remaining walkers are going to gather together. And they're going to present their uh, their act of defiance by all just making fart so it sounds with their mouths. Yeah. Um, all at the same time, though. All I mean, at the same organized. time. <laughs> yeah. But they do it, and then there's nothing. The, the soldiers kind of... One of them kind of thinks that the soldiers might have, like, looked at them reproachfully. But it doesn't accomplish anything. It doesn't. No one cares. And even then, in that moment, they're all like, "Uh oh, it didn't make them feel good the way they hoped it would. Garrity and Parker have an interesting talk about their remaining resolve. And Garrity's left feeling despair. And I thought that the metaphor that Parker uses is interesting. He he's comparing the the remaining walkers to a box of crackers. It's it's accurate. I mean, we've seen all of these people more or less fall apart. There's been very few deaths that have been uh, quick, except for like the one kid running off into the woods, like breaking mm-hmm. the rules, but getting those warnings before getting your ticket is seeing somebody fall apart piece by piece. And th- they're all going to sooner or later. And now we're getting to the point where it's going to start happening much faster. No, I think that's the opposite of the argument they're making yeah. because they're saying the kids that have, gone out so far they're the tiny crumbs that fall through the sieve and the kids that are remaining it's going to take longer to break them down because they're the bigger they're the bigger chunks okay, yeah. that yeah, i think garrity says you know it'll be over soon we're halfway and they're like no mm-hmm. no because it's going to take 
we're the strong ones. Yeah, it's kind of like how we've been talking. And I think, Josh, this was your point, maybe in our first episode, that you'd rather go out at the very beginning. Yep. That And so they've gone through all this suffering. So they do have that resolve because they don't want it to have been for nothing. An unknown boy gets his ticket, leaving us with 45. And Garrity wonders if they all wouldn't be better off dead. In death, at least he could rest his feet. I have that thought when I walk. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I get that. I get that if I have like an extra long day at work. (laughs) (laughs) So he dozes and he's thinking of Jan and he's imagining imagining her top to bottom and he's building her in his mind piece by piece. Her legs, her waist, her face, her whore's hair. (laughs) <laughs> super weird it's a great description i think that's a compliment well and he means it as one for <laughs> some reason so yeah and this the <laughs> most fascinating part though so this was obviously before he left for the walk and he's remembering a time when he and jan were sitting together or making out i don't remember but it just slipped out he called her hair whore's hair and he thinks well she didn't seem to mind in fact I think she was secretly pleased. <laughs> I no. No? No. No. So next time my wife and I go out, I shouldn't be like, nice horse hair. <laughs> Just see Actually, how it goes. Did you say horse hair? <laughs> Maybe that's why she was seemed pleased. <laughs> As she clutches her equine monthly <laughs> magazine to her heart. Yeah. I think that happened. Yeah, no, you you just solved it. That makes sense. (laughs) Because what happens next is following this wonderful thought he has. I don't feel as bad for him as I might otherwise have felt. He has to go to the bathroom (laughs) and they are in the middle of it all. Like there's a crowd around them. And it's the first time that Garrity has had to go to the bathroom. Can we talk about that for a minute? Because that's wild. How many days are we on? This is the third. Third, third, third I or think. fourth? Like, did they clean themselves out before they started the walk or what? That's nuts. Wouldn't you feel terrible? <laughs> yeah. It, maybe something about the stress is stress. Uh, the stress um, and food pastes? <laughs> oh, yeah, those food pastes. Well, he and he, maybe they're a binding agent. <laughs> I, well, I figured they'd make things slip out easier, but I guess. <laughs> Should I not have said slip out? (laughs) (laughs) This is my least favorite moment of the podcast so far. Yeah, man. Everybody poops. Um, (laughs) Is that the next book? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, listeners, pick up your copy. Everybody poops. (laughs) It's the the fact that we've seen other people have to poop and Garrity's like, oh, God, these people run out and they grab it as a souvenir. It's super messed up. The one kid kept having to stop because he had diarrhea and he's had a lot of feelings about poop throughout Mm -hmm. the book. And then now, like, the note I made was, it was going to happen sooner or later, buddy. (laughs) Just be happy it took this long. But that, I was like, there's never been a more incredible internal struggle within Garrity than having to poop. (laughs) All right. Baker, our resident racist, has some pretty dumb things to say (laughs) about two boys up ahead who they they thought they were lovers, but they're actually brothers. Which is pretty messed up that... They would both sign up. Oh, yeah. We, we talked last episode about how that drawing works. How did two boys from the same family get picked? What are the odds of how? I can't remember how many boys they said put in their name for that drawing, but how? And then how do you pick? Maybe that's why they're both there, because how can you pick which one's going to back out? It's just horrible. Oh, yeah. I guess. But yeah, just the fact that they both said, yeah, we're doing this, knowing for a fact, even if they're like, oh, well, we can do it. None how terrible would it be that if they were the last two? I feel like that would it would come down to if you managed to be the last two, you and your brother would be probably the most bittersweet kind of ending. But I would imagine it would be the case of just one of them bowing out. Yeah, I don't think they could put themselves in a position to walk the other one to death and know that the other one could live through that. Yeah. So they just one of them would just have to give up. I but hey, I double read chances to win the prize. Yeah, <laughs> I want to read that book. I want to know what their motivation was too. because yeah. there had to have been something where their family needed this prize more than <laughs> at least twice as much as everyone else's family. <laughs> 
Yeah, that's that's rough. I shouldn't have laughed at that. That's dark. (laughs) (laughs) The boys continue to walk, and despite Garrity's hope that many will drop that night, only two other boys get their tickets. Pearson tells Garrity that if he could do it all over again, he'd have never done the walk, which is a horrible statement because it's not like this is a decision that he can learn from. He comes up with a plan for when he's when he gets too tired to go on and he's going to run into the crowd and hope the soldiers don't shoot him for fear of hitting people in the crowd. Yeah, because that's what we've learned. The squads are timid. Yeah. <laughs> McReese tells him that Scram's dying and the boys make a gesture. This is maybe the most tragic death because Scram has kind of become, I don't know, almost a simple, like he's just a good guy. Mm-hmm. And he was so sure of himself and everyone was so sure he was going to win. And uh, yeah, they they all band together and they say, no matter who wins, we have to take care of Scram's wife. Like there's no way, like Scram's going to die today. Mm-hmm. And then... Get, getting everybody on board, the only people not on board so far are Barkovich and Stebbins. And Garrity opts to be the one to talk to them. And this was... His conversation with Barkovich was so painful to read about. So Barkovich, he comes up and Garrity gives him the pitch and he says that he'll do it, that he, he's completely on board. And he also apologizes because like we all got off on the wrong foot and I I can't go anymore alone. Like not I, I need friends. I need to not die hated by everyone. But then he goes on to talk about how everybody hates him and it's never his fault. They're always out to yeah. get him. And it's like, oh, you had me and I just showed <laughs> you true colors again. Um, Stebbins also agrees to participate and he makes an interesting point that this is probably very common among the last group of walkers in every walk that would not surprise me it it seems like a group of people having gone through uh, that amount of trauma together if there's anybody who has a story that's either on the level of scrams or worse maybe it's something they feel like they end up owing to someone well and i kind of thought of it as maybe that gives them motivation to keep walking like i gotta i gotta walk for kathy and the unborn baby now yeah that's a good point especially if you don't trust the other walkers yeah (laughs) (laughs) if you feel like if that motivates you to like i need to win because i know i will do it i don't know if they'll do it he also says something else that i want to talk about because last episode we had a bit of a debate as to whether Stubbins manipulated Garrity into essentially cracking Olsen, and if Stubbins knew what he was doing and what would happen when he did that. Did you guys, did that change your opinion at all? Oh, yeah. No, uh, <laughs> last episode, I was, uh, I think, the only one of us that was like, no, Ste- Stubbins seems like a good guy. He, he, <laughs> he seems on the up and up. Yeah, in this conversation, he's pretty much, he, he tells him, like, Oh, you you really did that, didn't you? Uh, well, <laughs> Olsen didn't have any secrets. He was just dying. Like, it was 100% Stebbins uh, playing mind games. And I'm uh, apparently with Garrity in being a naive dummy. Because <laughs> I honestly was like, oh, yeah, he's he's trying to help our boy out. No, he, nope. he really comes around this this bit. In a re- in some really weird ways. Yeah. <laughs> what did his mind games get a little creative? It, he starts off with like some subtle stuff, and then as it goes on, it gets crazier because he hasn't slept in three days. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> so in his mind, like whatever crazy plan, he might be like, "That's fucking genius." Yeah. <laughs> yeah when he's just like his his mind games uh, degrade from. I'm going to essentially get Garrity to inadvertently kill Olsen mm-hmm. to Garrity. Uh, you want to have sex with your mom, right? Yeah, that was so <laughs> like, all right, man. What is with the incest stuff? In <laughs> the, the last part of this book. It gets weird in a couple ways. <laughs> that's there. It's there's that. And there's something else around that time too. That's just like, What's happening? What am I doing? Yeah, can we talk about that? Because do you you have that in your notes? Um, I do. Yeah, that's coming. Okay. So so we're going to get to some some odd conversations that Garrity has, not with 
not just with Stebbins, but with some other boys too. But in the meantime, Garrity checks in on Scram. And this is really sad because other than being sick, he's otherwise in great shape. His feet don't hurt. And this is where we really get the sense that he easily could have won this thing if he just had not gotten sick. Scram thanks them for taking care of Kathy, and he makes a decision. Let's talk about Scram's ticket. Scram's such a good dude. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, I think it's just before this is that we find out that Mike, one of the brothers in the Vanguard, has just really bad stomach cramps. They've just that the word has come back about that. And Scram takes off and he they they see him talking to the two brothers and they are just kind of having what looks like a kind of a casual conversation. And then Mike and Scram just veer off together on onto the side of the road over next to a crowd of people they're walking that the they're all walking past. And they just sit down and have a chat and then flip off the soldiers when they give them their warnings. And that that's how they go. It's so weird. Weirdly peaceful. It's a complete opposite of Olson's death. His was so violent and unfair and horrible. And it's like, if you could exert any control over a situation like this, I guess they did it the best they could. They well, chose the way they were going to go out. And Scram... What everyone is offering him is giving him some peace because he knows that his wife will be his wife and and child will be okay to a degree. And it seems like his last act is to offer comfort to the boy who's dying and to the brother because his brother's not dying alone. Mm -hmm. And I just thought that that speaks to who scram is like we talked about last episode i want to read scram's book yeah. um because he just that seems like such a classy move and just like a really heartfelt move after being moved by what everyone does for him the boys continue to walk and garrity gets a cramp and he sits down so you know when you're watching a suspenseful movie and you get so into what's on the screen that you start talking to the character like don't go in there like they're (laughs) gonna hear you and go oh thanks and not go in there and not die (laughs) this is when i started yelling at garrity telling him not to sit down telling him to get up so he tells mcvreeze you know keep going don't worry about me i'm gonna he's massaging his leg he's trying to get it to go away and so it eventually does and he does not get up right away and that was that a tense moment for you guys I have trouble with moments like this where we're two thirds, three fourths of the way through this book. And it's very clear that Garrity is our our main character, our protagonist, our hero. You think, okay, if he's not going to win, he's going to get close. And now we have 50 or so pages left and it seems like he's going to die. Josh, as the one of us who had never read this book, did you ever for a split second think it was possible that he was going to die right here? No, not at all. No, I, I didn't either, but it was I still felt the tension in that moment. Yeah, oh, yeah, it's definitely a tense moment. Th- that's just a part of my... I, I well, yeah, we know it's not. he's not going to yeah. die and we're going to switch character perspectives. Why not? King does some crazy shit yeah, in his he books. He does weird third act stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> How interesting would it have been if this was the moment? What what could have happened other than the rest of the book that we got? I think we'd all be going, oh, right <laughs> yeah. it would have been nuts if that had happened. Yeah. It would have blown my teenage mind. Yeah. And it would have blown my mind again. Reading I, I it this time. want to read a version of this book where he does get shot right now. And the rest of the book is his ghost walking with the rest of them and seeing the rest of the walk. Or rebels busting out of the crowd, (laughs) and the rest of the book is uh, maybe in the Hunger Games. I don't know. (laughs) So what's funny is that I, I was reading. I was a little ahead in our reading, and I messaged our group chat to say uh, I'm coming up on on towards the end of the book. I don't know if I should stop or keep going. And CM told me that I needed to stop. I needed to stop. I could not read the rest of the book before (laughs) we got to this episode. And so 
the entire time I'm reading this section of the book, I'm waiting for something to happen. And there was a teeny part of me that thought <laughs> that that followed that thread of like Stephen King might jump a protagonist and I would lose my goddamn mind. Oh but- <laughs> man, I'm sorry. I set the bar way high on accident. <laughs> no, what, what ends up happening is not as nuts as that would have been. All right, so Garrity catches up to McReese and he tells him that he's got about two seconds between him and death for the next hour because he was sitting on the floor on the ground. He had a soldier with a gun in his face. His finger was on the trigger and he's incredibly close to getting his ticket. And so McReese offers to go up to the very front with him to top their speed and so Garrity's freaking out and he finally because like this is where he realizes I can die like I can lose this and I couldn't help but laugh when a woman in the crowd audibly says Garrity won't last much longer and he tells her her tits won't last much longer (laughs) solid burn I don't know why he's just like yeah man (laughs) (laughs) this is such a cold remark to make that a walker can hear. Yeah. It's like, it's like he's not even a person to these people. Oh, no. I don't think yeah, they, they are. They're just entertainment. We've talked about that. But <laughs> Garrity and McReese pass the hour by talking about what they did when they found out they got picked for the walk. So let's talk first about Garrity and then what McReese did. Well, first in this description is when we get we get all the details of how this thing runs down, that there are... Uh, two different backout dates. There's the backout and a blackout date, and that they televise the drawing of the names, and they draw 200 names. So there's a hundred there that. Uh, so they they know that if your name is there, you are either a walker or a backup. But you don't know if you're a backup until the day before the walk. So the entire time, like if you're one of those 200, you have no idea whether it's you or not. And we find out that Garrity was uh, was a walker from the start and McVries was a backup. That setup is so devious and such a fucked up way that this government handles it. It makes so much more sense why the boys don't drop out, because if there are 200 kids, if they had drawn 100 names and they said, you're a walker. I bet anything that way more of the kids would drop out because, Mm -hmm. oh, well, I have to walk. It might set in. The reality of their situation would set in. But if there are 200 people and your name gets drawn, some some of our characters talk about it and they say, well, you know, coming up to the blackout date, I didn't seem real. I was, oh, yeah, my name got drawn, but I'm probably just a backup anyway. And it's so devious. I have the breakdown of kind of how that's set up to sort of show why why it would, you know, you're right, it would make that very hard. So we find out that only one in 50 of the boys who take the tests needed to get into the walk pass. That still leaves about a thousand. Only 200 will be picked, 100 to walk and 100 as backups for anyone who backs out before the walk. They televise the drawing. And when you hear your name, you don't know if you are a walker or backup. So there's like this strange built-in sense of pride because you've beat all these other boys. And and that's kind of what Garrity falls into. He's it makes him feel special because <laughs> what are the odds, you know? And he mm. got it. He passed the tests. And everybody at school knew who he was and they are like, "Oh, you got you got drawn for the long walk." And so that adds the the peer pressure to not be a chicken and back out. Whereas if you think you're not going to be one of the walkers and you make it to that day, like, ah, I would have done it. Shucks. (laughs) That's an interesting point, though, uh, about the tests that uh, all of these guys have to take a written test and a psychological test to make sure that they are able to join the walk. How'd Barkovich get in? (laughs) That's exactly it. Uh, because I forget which character it is, because honestly, we all of these secondary characters kind of run together. What's the that one, last yeah, episode? Yeah, the one, I think it was the second episode, the one who wrote like a funny story. For yeah, this. Abraham. Abraham, yeah. Uh, where he wrote like he had tons of misspellings mm-hmm. and was just like, 
I'm going to join the walk because I, I'm just a dumb fuck. And the world whatever. would be a better place without me. Yeah. Uh, I feel qua- qualified to participate in the long walk because I am one useless SOB and the world would be better without me. Unless I happen to win and get rich, in which case I would buy a van. Go to put in uh, Wait. Van goes, but he spells oh, it with. <laughs> yeah, I would buy a Van Gogh, V A N G O. <laughs> To put in every room of my mansion, M-A-N-S-H-U-N, and order up 60 high-class whores. Uh, Wait, 60 high-class whores. Horses? And uh, not bother anybody. So, uh, yeah, it, it's, yes, there's a test, but obviously the tests don't mean anything. Or are they, because I, when I think of him, I think, yes, the tests don't mean anything. When I think of Barkovich, I think they're intentionally putting people in there to shake things up or to cause problems i don't know they're casting a tv show well (laughs) actually uh i i think it has a lot to do with what this book is kind of actually a metaphor about Mm -hmm. which none of us had caught on to (laughs) but our uh number one fan brian burnett uh bryant burnett Mm -hmm. posted on our facebook page that this was written during Vietnam, and it makes so much more sense when you think of this as kind of a Vietnam metaphor, is, of course, who are the people that end up going went, going to Vietnam is the uneducated, the low class, mm-hmm. and that's kind of who got picked for, uh, for the walk. So I think that's pretty interesting. Yeah, I didn't think about that. That was a really cool post. If you guys, if you listeners out there missed that, check it out. Brian has a lot of good insights. There was one other thing. McReese tells us that he was number 12 backup. He got the call around 11 p.m. four days ago. So he got the call basically like right at the end of that deadline where he could have dropped out. And here he is. And that is so, if I was him, I would be so infuriated that I was this close to not being here mm-hmm. he he was one of those people that was like i i can take the risk i don't need to to back out because i'm probably just uh one of the backups and he was and it's still he didn't mm-hmm. have a chance to say no i don't want to do this yeah. but he also kind of wants to die yeah he's also kind of true <laughs> garrity's hour passes and just then another boy gets his ticket and so does a dog. <laughs> oh, oh my God. Why? Can we talk about that, Josh. <laughs> why, Bachman? Why? <laughs> it, uh, God. So they're walking, and a dog runs onto the road on which they are walking, and with no hesitation, one of the soldiers just shoots that dog to death. Which is a neat setup for later when a, like a toddler runs out onto the road and this mom is screaming like oh my god the soldiers are gonna shoot my kid and i'm thinking oh my god those soldiers are gonna shoot a kid and they don't they just kind of shove him out of the way (laughs) sure why didn't they just do that with the dog uh my first thought was like how many times i know i've said this a couple times but this is how i die (laughs) (laughs) this far in the game this Dog runs out. I lay down and I snuggle the dog until I die. That is how I go. So does that just leave me and you, Ben? Are we still? <laughs> oh, I died at the starting line. <laughs> I was like, "What am I doing?" Okay, I'm so it's take just a nap. me. <laughs> See, I'm going strong, guys. <laughs> All right. They're getting closer to Augusta, and Garrity's going to get to see his family in about fifty or so miles. He and McReese slow down a little to make their way back to Baker. So the original three musketeers are back together. So the boys continue to walk, and they walk into the roaring crowd of Augusta, all now 37 of them. The energy of the crowd infects the boys, and they start cheering back, even though it's taking valuable breath and energy. And Garrity is cheering so hard that he starts to get a stitch in his side, and then he gets pain in his chest. And they're all saved by Milligan. Bull. When they walk through Augusta, they talk about the the crowd becomes crowd with a capital C. It's it's the crowd is a being. It, it's the monster that is the crowd, and it's it's driving them all insane. Which also made me think of uh, revival a little bit. <laughs> that, that Lovecraftian yeah. uh, creature that is driving them to this madness. And Milligan drops to the road and squeezes his eyes shut 
and puts his hands to his temples and he has his nose on the ground and he just completely just collapses and he's like screaming against all of the screaming and cheering that's happening and then just gets his ticket right there on the road and then everyone else is like right 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 we're we're doing a we're doing a contest (laughs) we're in the middle of something (laughs) sorry my bad guys let's get back to the walking so this is our other bizarre conversation i want to talk about what transpires between garrity and mcreese because i didn't see this coming (laughs) (laughs) neither did garrity it was not a natural part of the conversation so he mcreese tells garrity that parker thinks that they're gay for each other and then he jokingly tells him that maybe they are and maybe that's why they've saved each other's life so many times and it's making garrity uneasy and then (laughs) mcreese is like can jerk you off (laughs) (laughs) and and they have like this argument this fight about it oh god it's so funny and and that's and, and they have this fight about it because Garrity realizes he wants to be touched and he basically unless I misinterpreted this says yes and McReese laughs it off and drops back <laughs> well he basically says I'm not because of your reaction I'm neither going to confirm or deny whether I was joking so you just deal with the fact that that offer is put on the table and you can have whatever feelings you have about it. And Garrity's like, do whatever you want. Do, yeah, yeah he's whatever like, you want. He like gives up. And he's like, yeah, <laughs> fine, I, I guess. Being jerked off is not a situation where you just give up. <laughs> you, I know, I can't tell you how many dates I've been on. I'm like, fine, I give up. <laughs> just do it. Jerk me off, I guess. You know where he went wrong. He should have just been like, hey, Garrity, recess? <laughs> You both just <laughs> cringed oh so God. hard. Oh, I yeah, about that. It's a weird bit. I don't know. I, I think they're in earlier sections of the book. There are. Uh, I I got a weird feeling of like there was some something passing between McFreeze. some chemistry. There was some chemistry, I, yeah. but I thought I was imagining it. You were not because I actually think that. And I'm, I'm trying to think of when this book came out in relation to other books. So I could be wrong on this, but I would make the argument that Garrity is our first Stephen King, if not gay, bisexual character, main character. That could be. Yeah, sure. All right. Yeah. Garrity's <laughs> our first Stephen King uh, bisexual character. Awesome. Uh, also our first character that really wants to have sex with his mom. What's with the heavy, what? what is with the incest stuff? So much of it. Have we gotten to that point Well, yet? you've already asked that question, so <laughs> yes. It's an important question. What we're, the hell? We're getting there. Okay, okay. The only reason Ben's doing this episode <laughs> is to get that answer. Never answering his question. <laughs> no, well, so Barkovich and Garrity end up having a conversation shortly after this, and... Garrity kind of loses it on Barkovich. And at the end of of this tirade... Not not as much as Barkovich loses it. (laughs) (laughs) He asks him if he wants to touch him. If Barkovich wants to touch Garrity. And then he thinks about touching wieners and his old friend Jimmy. (laughs) Yep. So many times it comes back to that incident with him and Jimmy. Yeah, there's such a weird sexual undercurrent to this book that I just don't understand at all. Well, it's just, it's just Garrity has so much weird repressed sexuality issues. I also wanted to point out, this is a really minor thing. It happens a little bit later. I think it's like in the next chapter, but they pass by a sign that says may is confirm your sex month. That's one of those like just hints of world building that I really love. Uh, that we just get flashes of this the dystopian society that this book takes place in. Yeah, but I, I just I wonder how, where that sign, what that sign means in relation to the world has to relate to that sexual undercurrent. Yeah, uh, that we have running through. It's like it's a tie that I don't think we'll ever discover. Yeah. but I I wonder if there's a, a specific purpose that that sign is meant to represent in that undercurrent. But I don't know. Don't know. I'm not smart enough. <laughs> uh, All right, Bryant. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, it's on you, man. <laughs> okay, let's talk about the exchange between Garrity and Barkovich when Gar- uh, Barkovich starts losing it. He gives a pretty out there speech and then does something d- disturbing. In, in all this madness, a uh, shot rings out. Everybody thinks it's going to be Barkovich any second. He's on his third his third warning, and a shot rings out, and Barkovich cackles that uh, it wasn't him, and he starts just laughing, and then Abe tells him, shut up, you prick, and then Barkovich just starts sobbing heavily, just goes from that laughter to that insane sadness. So to give a sense of where Barkovich's head is at at this point. He's telling Garrity what he's going to do if he wins, and he says he'll get plastic feet and cut off his if they can't take a joke and put them in a washing machine and watch them go round and round. So he crazy. <laughs> <laughs> he has officially lost his mind. It's, that is such a great, great moment because it comes out of nowhere. Because Garrity just like walks up to him and he's just, you know what I'll do, Garrity? getting plastic feet and it's like oh <laughs> you're I, insane yeah. i love this little reenactment we yeah. <laughs> that's the voice i heard it in <laughs> just super matter of factly yeah. like he just cracked the code yeah. <laughs> i don't know why no one's ever asked for this but i got it guys uh so it, it continues on another shot fires off it's not barkovich again and then Barkovich starts yelling and then rips out his own throat. With his bare hands. With his bare ass hands. He just goes full feral. And he's like, st- he's ripped his throat out and he's still screaming. He's like still yelling, but you can't understand anything he's saying. And he finally drops to the ground and... <laughs> The soldiers stand there and then shoot him, whether he was dead or alive. Like, he mm-hmm. could have been dead already. It didn't matter. They still shot him for good measure. And then McVries says, I think I wish I were insane. <laughs> and I was like, me too, buddy. And me is this, too. Is this the point? God, I, could have, I think it's happened a couple times. So as we're getting this description of this terrible death, like one of the other walkers near our main ones, or maybe it was one of our main ones, throws up on himself as he's walking. Yeah. It's just like that. I It's so hard sometimes to picture what they're actually doing. But in moments like these, it's so clear and rough. So disgusting. Um, so going back just a little bit, they Garrity's talking about the next towns that are coming up, and one of them is Lewiston, and they'll walk on Cotter Memorial Avenue. And it's named after the only guy from Maine to win the long walk. He hemorrhaged in one eye and finished the walk half blind, and he died a week later. Man. Which also, it kind of goes into what McVries said earlier on of like, Nobody actually wins. They take the winner around back and shoot him. Mm-hmm. Like, it makes you wonder, like, how how many walkers has that happened? How many of them have sustained injuries that there's no coming back from? Oh, I, I am certain that if they don't die shortly after winning, then they're, they're catatonic. They'd have to be. They're, there's no coming back mentally. Hopefully the they all get therapy. <laughs> after that's what they are that's, that's, I, the, they all, that's what I mean, the prize is the one walker <laughs> <laughs> the boys continue to walk and more have gotten their tickets during the night and no one knows quite how many they've lost track but they think that it might have been six which leaves us with 26 walkers if i did my math correctly another gets his ticket and stubbins plants doubt in garrity's mind about whether he'll actually get to see his mom and jan whether they'll be able to make their way up to the front of the the crowd to be waiting for him on the side of the road. At this point, it is very clear that Stebbins is playing the playing the psycho game. Well, he's also established that Garrity is so easy to get under his skin. He flat out told him how easy it is to rile you up, and he's going to. Which mm-hmm. makes me think Stebbins does need other people on the walk. Not in the way that McRees or Garrity need them. In a twisted way. I I don't know. I don't know that I agree with that only because I think he, yeah, he needs them 
should be dead. That's that's what he needs from them. That's the only thing he needs from them is he yeah, needs them to either break themselves or he needs to step up and help do some breaking. Yeah, I don't think he needs them the way like Barkovich because I feel like that's what you meant because yeah. Barkovich well, needed the other well, people. Last episode, that was kind of the point you made. <laughs> and I think we kind of like flipped because I didn't really feel that way. But I'm like, yeah, yeah, I think he does do that. Like he I don't know. I feel like it's more than him just trying to win. I don't know. I feel like this is almost like entertainment. Like he's kind of killing time. Uh, and I feel so like disturbing. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's kind of what I said about why he makes Garrity crack Olsen is that I feel like there's a part of him that sees Garrity's potential to finish and it decides that, all right, I need to break him a little further because he's not breaking enough on his own. Mm-hmm. His strategy involves doing things to other people, whereas everyone else's strategy has just been focusing on their own plan, what they're going to do, how they're going to make it. Garrity loses his shoes, and Baker starts to lose his mind. (laughs) And (laughs) another boy gets his ticket, and a boy named Klingerman gets appendicitis. And he just keeps walking and screaming and holding his side. And... (laughs) As bad as having a seizure or getting a Charlie horse and being brought down by things like that, appendicitis is so unfair. There has been a wide variety of things that have hit these walkers. <laughs> a lot of ailments have struck this group of 100 boys. So Garrity finally gets to see his mom and Jan. And because of this, McReese has to save his life one more time. I loved this scene. It was so awesome because he he gets to see get this payoff that we've been hoping for. He's going to see his mom and he sees Jan. And obviously that moment is just too, too brief because he wants to just stay there. And the fact that McFreeze, after Garrity gets his third warning, he grabs him and says, if you're going to do it, at least do it around the corner. Yeah. It's <laughs> so says, blunt. Don't yeah. die in front of them. Yeah, because he might have let himself. Mm-hmm. And that would have been just the worst possible thing that imagine it from their point of view mm-hmm. of they're waiting. They're they're terrified for uh, for Garrity. And then they see <laughs> him only to have his brains blown out like mm-hmm. a foot in front of them. And we didn't talk about this when we were talking about how Garrity's story of how he got selected, but. His mom and Jan did not want him to go. They begged yeah. him to back out. Of course they did. Any reasonable person <laughs> would. Right? Yeah, you would think that. I if- would hope so, but I don't know. I mean, how many families might be in such a position that they let their child make that sacrifice for the good of the family True. if they win? Or how many people are so devoted to this government that I think it's an honor yeah, to be like selected? My child is the state's child. Yeah. I don't know. The boys continue to walk, and a boy named Tubbins gives a terrible sermon. (laughs) (laughs) Call back to revival. Three more boys get their tickets, and the remaining walkers make another deal. This one not so kind and warm and fuzzy. It's almost the opposite of the deal they made for Scram. uh, Because Abraham comes back, uh, and at this point, Abraham is he's taken off his shirt and he looks just skeletal and pale and he comes back to Garrity and he says listen up there's only a few of us left and we we are on our own now we for real you if you're gonna do it from here on out you do it on your own Mm -hmm. no more help and if you do help anyone then you'll be ostracized you'll be uh, cast out of of their group. And I want to come back to this conversation at the end. If that's okay with you guys. Sure. Another boy gets his ticket and let's talk about what Parker does because Parker does something amazing. This is awesome because and and also heartbreaking. Yeah. It happens so fast. I, I believe it's Garrity isn't paying attention. He's walking with his head down staring at the road and then he hears something and he looks up and Parker's standing on the half track with a rifle in his hands. And he has climbed up on the half track and he has uh, disarmed one of the guards and I believe shot him. Yep. 
And he's looking at all of the boys on the road. Uh, and how many? There are 20 some left. Like 26 20, or 20 well, some. Fewer less. Yeah. Uh, boys left. And he's on. He's looking at the walkers. And the walkers are just staring at him. And Garrity even says he's like, it, it doesn't process. He doesn't even understand what is happening at all. It uh, Parker gets knocked down um, by the other guards. And it's over before anything can happen. They they shoot him. They go on. And Garrity walks over to uh, McFreeze and he's like, what what was that? What he he wanted something. What was it? And McFreeze just says, don't don't worry about it. Don't think about it. It's it's heartbreaking because. This could have been a completely different end to the book. And I think it was McFreeze maybe who points that out too. He says, we could have done it. Like he thought they had a real chance to do it, but they just were like, they're so in their own worlds at this point. Yeah. McFreeze is the only one who says his name. Like he just, like they see it happen. They, she gets shot and falls off and he just says, Parker. Yeah. And, moves on like it's so sad there's no way the walkers could have won obviously yeah uh against the government but it might have started that exactly on that half track there are what four soldiers maybe five who knows not many they are severely outnumbered and sure some of the boys would have died but they could have taken over that half track now, when the first round of reinforcements came, they all would have been dead. But that walk mm-hmm. would have been over. Yeah. And who knows what that would have done. Mm-hmm. And remind me, was there a crowd? Oh, yeah. Because yeah, they're in the okay, middle so, of. Okay, so it wouldn't have been. Because I was thinking, what, and what would the government do with that? Because now How it's... would they spin that? But if there's witnesses to it, then maybe that starts some sort of revolution. From this point on, it's televised. That's they, right. They yeah. hit that point and they said that if, like once it drops to this many people, it's televised 24-7 the whole mm-hmm. time. And I think it even says that while uh, Parker was firing, some of his shots went into the crowd and heard people in the crowd getting hit with his stray bullets. Nine other boys get their tickets, including Baker and Abraham. Garrity sees that McVries is starting to crack. They're down to nine of them now. And Stubbins tells us why he's here because that important. that's the reason i didn't want you to read ahead yeah <laughs> yeah and it it had the impact okay good <laughs> i've lost my mind well what happened josh <laughs> uh, uh, the major is stebbins dad which is insane because of the argument i brought up in the first episode of like why would his family like he must be his family being in the squads, like that whole thing. And like, as soon as I read that, my mind exploded that it's, it's his dad. He's, he's a bastard. Mm -hmm. And oh God, he was, uh, he was going to surprise the major when he won and be like, I'm your kid. But the major knows and doesn't care. He put him in. Stebbins says that he's the rabbit. Uh, meaning he, he compares himself to the mechanical rabbit they use to at dog races. Yeah. Um, that he thinks the major knew the whole time and he knew how much more uh, Stebbins would want it, how hard he would work. And he put Stebbins in specifically to make everyone work harder to beat him. And it worked. And it worked. And it worked, especially because we we got that at the very, very beginning. He everybody noticed Stebbins right away. Mm-hmm. And he he did. He people he pushed everyone. They broke all these records. So clearly it yeah. worked. And he I think we might have already talked about this. I think he got two warnings total yeah. this whole four days. All right. So they make it to Massachusetts, seven of them. A boy named Fielder goes crazy. He gets a ticket. Baker gets a devastating nosebleed. McVries sits down. Garrity tries to pick him up and screams at the soldiers to shoot him, to shoot Garrity, and gets his third warning, trying to help McVries. So this is it. 
We're just down to Stebbins and Garrity. 99 tickets have been given because they shot a dog. <laughs> on, on the road, he was a walker. Nope, yep, you're right. <laughs> so Garrity is about to give up and he knows that he can't outwalk Stebbins. He's going to stop. And then it happens. Oh, Ste- yeah. Stebbins just dies. <laughs> <laughs> no fanfare, nothing special. He not shot. G- he <laughs> Garrity walks up, goes to tap him on the shoulder to be like, "I'm, I'm out. out." Yep. And when Stebbins looks, there is just nothing. There's no recognition in his face. Stebbins like reaches a hand out and like it claws at his shirt, and then just Boom. drops. And then Garrity sees another ghost. God damn it! No, the ending of this book is so good. Stebbins goes down; he falls, and Garrity kind of looks at him and then keeps walking. As he's walking, military jeep drives up, and he thinks, "What's this asshole doing? (laughs) You You can't drive on the road. That guy's gonna get shot." And he sees a military man in mirrored sunglasses step out and walk towards him. And he shakes the guy off and keeps walking because he thinks, I I have to keep going. I'm going to win this. And as he's looking down the road, he sees a dark shape beckoning him. And in the end, he finds the strength to run. One of the best closing lines of a book I've ever read. I have goosebumps. <laughs> oh, yeah. Honest to God. It ends with him still going. Or does it? What's your question, Sienna? Because I barely know what it is. <laughs> no, actually, my question is related to this thing that we keep talking about in all these episodes, the strategies. Because... When they get to Massachusetts, Stebbins has only had two warnings the entire walk, like we said. Like, he's kind of the best walker. And it was down to him, McVreeze, and Garrity. And then it was just him and Garrity. McVreeze and Garrity have saved each other's lives numerous times throughout this walk. And we talked before about, you know, Stebbins' plan was to go solo and make no friends. And McVreeze is endearing himself to everyone And that's saved his life a few times. So making friends on the walk is why Stubbins loses and Garrity wins. Why? Because Because if if Garrity and McVreeze had not made friends, they wouldn't have saved each other. They would have been out so so early in the walk. I mean, who knows who it would have been down to with Stubbins. But those two pulled each other mile after mile Mm. in some cases. Very true. I completely agree. Uh, not the question I was left with at the end of this book. Um, the question I want to put to you two is, does Garrity survive? He wins. I. But at the end of the, this book, at the last line of this book, is he alive? I think he's not alive. Yeah, I don't think so. I, he, took, it, I took it as he dies or he's going to die very soon because I think he is going crazy and either he's he's hallucinating and so he sees like he's hallucinating that there's still one more walker to outwalk Mm -hmm. or you know because he's obviously sleep deprived and dehydrated and starving and stuff or it's like his brain just firing off as he's dying fair his only hope is that because it it leaves me with the impression that he is going to run until his body collapses so it is really up to the medical attention he gets once he collapses maybe he'll wake up in the hospital maybe but my thought is that he will run himself to death yeah well uh interestingly enough i love the ending of this book how it is ambiguous you don't know what exactly happens um interestingly enough I actually do know yeah, what, what happens, happens uh, at the end of this book. I did a little research and uh, I found on this uh, Stephen King uh, fan forum that when this book was originally written, this was, um, according to what I read, the first book King ever wrote. 
He wrote it in college, and it didn't get published until years later. But when he originally wrote it, it had a different ending. It had uh, more to the ending that kind of explained what happens. And when it actually got published under Bachman's name, he edited it uh, down a little bit. But thanks to uh, a forum member named uh, Bango Skank, I... uh, I actually have the original ending Do of it. the book. Oh my Give god! It to us. Uh, oh my god! I would love to read. Oh my god! Those. Okay, so um, what what was the last uh the last line of the book was uh something in uh, in the end he finally found or he found that he still had the strength to run. Three shambling bounds down the road, a heavy hand fell on Garrity's shoulder, turning. Garrity was confronted by a smiling face, clean and untouched by the exhaustion that had settled into the deepest parts of his being. In the moment before he recognized the Major, he believed that he saw his father behind the reflective surfaces of his sunglasses. Congratulations, number 47. You are the winner of the long walk. Name your prize and you will have it. Garrity's mind scrabbled for purchase on the question. The prize was ephemeral, a specter amidst the horrors of the walk. The prize wasn't real, but the words of the dead boy being drug off the road not 20 feet behind him rung true. And so he opened his mouth and croaked his wish. I want to fuck my mom. (laughs) (laughs) The major gawked. What? Your son told me to fuck my mom, and I say, yes, please. (laughs) Oh, my God. The major tipped his glasses down his nose and stared at Garrity through a second pair of mirrored sunglasses (laughs) underneath the first pair. Uh, I don't think that's a good idea. You're a national hero, and I just think fucking your mom would be bad optics. (laughs) Garrity frowned, the dirt on his face cracking like the cement beneath his bare, bleeding feet. Bring me my mom for fucking, he prouded heroically. I wish you would stop. In the years to come, what happened next would become the stuff of legend. The talk of Garrity's final moments, a squattable offense, whispered by revolutionaries and children on playgrounds too young to know the consequences of their words. The soldiers, their jobs done for the year, had let their guard down just long enough for a reporter and his cameraman to burst from the crowd and into the road. The major turned and gasped as ten or so sunglasses fell off his face. (laughs) The soldiers stumbled over each other to stop them, but it was too late. The cameraman centered on Garrity's stony, defiant face. Go, go, Garrity, you won. What do you have to say? A hush fell over the crowd. Time seemed to freeze as the people awaited their champion's answer. I'm horny, Garrity trumpeted, (laughs) for my mom. There was silence. Somewhere a woman started to weep. Please, please be done. A man in the front row threw up on a baby wearing a sash that said the Vietnam War. And with a smile on his face, Garrity came in his pants and his feet fell off and he died. The end? <laughs> question mark? That, 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 I love that it ends in a question mark. We still don't know. It's open for it's a open sequel. Ben, I'm the longerest walk. I'm gonna have such a hard time reading this book now because I'm so confused and disgusted. Hey, oh, that actually, I see why it got edited out. No, honestly. well, and now I understand that the original title for this book was "The Long Oedipal Walk." Yeah, yeah. Rate the book, Ben. <laughs> uh, I I love this book. It's uh, fucking bleak as hell. Um, I I honestly couldn't put it down. Uh, five out of five blue chambray shirts. By by a long shot, it's great. Yep, uh, I'm I'm gonna echo Ben. Five out of five blue chambray shirts. I devoured this book and have enjoyed talking about it so much. It was good the first time. It was great the second time. Five out of five blue chambray shirts. Unanimous. Done. Fantastic. That brings us to the end of this episode of Dairy Public Radio. As always, thank you so much for listening. Join us for our next episode as we dive into the Pet Cemetery. 
For Benjamin Graham and CM Alexander, I'm Joshua Kahn, reminding you that isn't it too bad the great truths are all such lies. Hey everyone, CM Alexander here. We hope you enjoyed part three of The Long Walk. I don't know about you, but I thought the ending was going to be a sad and unwanted battle between two friends, Garrity and McVries. What do you think Garrity actually asked for as his prize? If he was still alive. Let us know on our Facebook or Instagram at Dairy Public Radio or Twitter at Dairy Public. And send us an email at dairypublicradio at gmail.com because we love to hear from you. If you have a moment, please rate and review us on iTunes. It makes a huge impact on our podcast. We had a lot of awesome reviews the last couple of weeks, and we can't thank you enough for taking the time to do that. You are all so awesome. That's all for now, listeners. Goodbye.